podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Texas Texas, baby. Baby, oh baby. What? I, I don't even feel like we got lucky or anything at all. I feel like we finally played to the potential of this team. That's all I feel like. I don't feel like... I feel like we outworked them. We hustled our asses off. We hit free throws. <laughs> Holy fuck. We didn't miss a free throw, boys. Not a single one. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, hey, that motherfucker still almost made that three-pointer at the end. Dude, I don't – man, this was, game was just nuts. Like, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. There's so many things that did not go wrong. And that's, I think – one of the biggest things about this game was just how how many how many little issues that the Bearcats have had every single week, every single game, that they finally can all clean them up at the same time in the same game and made it all work. Like you said, the free throws, 100% from the line. That is huge. We haven't had that all season. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've had that a single time this entire season. Fantastic. On the road, in a tough environment, amazing to have that rebounding you out rebounded them you had damn near 40 rebounds you controlled the game off the glass huge a lot of second chance points love it and then on top of that your three-point shooting was working you shot 40 percent from the three i i have to go back and check again that might be wrong uh, <laughs> but you it had 35 i think 35 percent yeah. from three right on the nose absolutely incredible the guys did a fantastic job all around in what is one of the hardest environments to play in, in the Big 12. And they just went out there and left it all on the court. And I'm just, I'm very impressed with the way that they played and pulled this whole thing together because, like you said, we've been waiting for them to just get that, just pull it all together. Like, you know that the potential is there. This is playing to that. And again, this is the part that's so exciting, but also so daunting about the Big 12 is because you did everything right, still a one-possession game. Did everything right. It's still a three-point game, and it all comes down to that. And to just get the clutch rebound at the end, throw it down to John Newman, and then dunk it, seal it on ice, feels amazing. But, man, Isaacs hitting just ungodly shots. There's always somebody who does it against Cincinnati, and that dude was just going off. He had the Harden calls. He's got the Harden game style. I've just been massively impressed by that. Sorry, I'm smashing shit. Um, it's just <laughs> overall, this is just a, a, an incredible culmination of so many different little issues that needed to be resolved that all kind of finally came together. I don't know that it really, and even the double double from Aziz, he was 10 and 10. Like Wes Miller always jokes and says like his hustle doesn't show up in the, he's like not a, uh, him and John Newman, right? They're not like a stat sheet guy, but holy shit. Like, Aziz's effort on the boards and even just like the hustle getting onto the floor with the ball. I mean, to me, that was Aziz's best game. That was CMOS's best game. Newman was uh, somehow after being what we thought he was out for weeks, he was shutting Isaacs down. Even though Isaacs finished leading their team, I mean, he what, what the hell did he shoot? Like that kid probably was like six for like 20 or something or like 22. Like he was having a bad game. But, fuck, I, I still can't. I had flashbacks to UConn when he chucked up that last three at the end. I was like, no, and he front-rimmed it. But, 
yeah, I just it's so nice to just see this team actually play on offense to the potential that we believe. Like CMOS able to hit threes on the road. I mean, it was just it felt like the first complete game since BYU and I like I don't even know what BYU really was if it was an anomaly or what but I really think they truthfully worked for this they had to outplay the I don't want to say bad officiating but it seemed pretty lopsided I mean they shot I think three three times more free throws than us it was like we always have to beat the refs we have to beat ourselves and we have to beat the other team and it felt like they really really deserved this there was no luck involved and God, it just felt good to get a, a real fucking road scalp. Yeah, and I mean, that's a huge thing, too. You mentioned the luck. Um, I forget exactly where we're at, but as of either the last game or the game before that, Bearcats were sitting, like, sub-300 in the luck matrix, which is not necessarily, like, a full-on, all-case scenario, luck is luck, but it really does go to show you how many games have come so close and just how unlucky the Bearcats have got at some of the end of them. Just because, you know, you got a wild shot, you just got some of these things that just don't go your way. But again, I think this is one of those things that we've talked about, is a lot of those wounds that we have at the end of the game are pretty self-inflicted. And that's one of the things that we've just been waiting for, to just kind of get over the hump. Like, what's the thing that pushes them past? Unfortunately, it looks like there's a little bit of perfection that's required for that. But again, that is what the Big 12 requires. It's the old saying of iron sharpens iron. You play these hard teams, you play these good teams, they're going to make you better. And as the season goes on, you're either going to get better or you're going to get worse. The Bearcats have shown that they've gotten better. They've definitely played up to competition. And it's insane that through all of these games, they've still managed to be like positive scores through this whole thing. I mean, we're what are we sitting at now? So we're officially... At four three and four, sorry, four and seven, four and six, four and five. Jeez, thank you. You just said it, it feels like we're two <laughs> and six, but we're four it and does. five. Like we're really not yeah. out of it. Yeah, I mean, and, and to be four and five at this point in the season, when you're you know looking for some of those wins, we've said this over and over and again. We we need to hit that eight win mark. We hit need to hit that like nine win mark to get you in. Well, guess what? You just stole a quad one win on the road in Lubbock against a top 15 team, that'll say a lot for you at the end of the season. That is a huge win to get. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you bolster your resume when you're trying to fight for that spot in the NCAA tournament. So if you just kind of just keep cruising with the momentum that you have, keep working with it, again, it's still insane. Like The thing that I can't wrap my head around is if you told me last year, if you told me last season, if you told me this season, if you told me coming out of the Xavier game, the Dayton game, if you told me coming out of non-conference that through every single one of these games, if we're not winning, it's a two-possession game. If we are winning, it's two possessions or more. Like, if you would have told me through this entire stretch that the Bearcats are going to keep every single one of these games down to a single-digit score, it's going to be within five every single game unless we're just blitzing the other team, I would have laughed in your face. I would have thought you were a complete idiot because there is no way from where we were, even coming out of non-conference to where we are now, that anybody really thought that this team would be as prepared as they are, but they just have been. It's insane to see the level that this team has jumped from last year to this year and even the years prior. Like This team 
became Big 12 ready. I know we've kept saying like it's one of those things that we're trying to figure out like where they sit in all of it. But wins or losses, it doesn't matter. This team has been in every single game. They have not been out and they've been grinding this schedule through. Like I said, I'm just so impressed. I've been talking a bunch. I've got a lot of energy for this win. This is huge, 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 huge for the Bearcats. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can keep the momentum going and uh, spin it into another few wins. But anybody else on the speakers? I think a big part of that is Dan finally found some consistency. I remember, like the what the first half of the season, everyone was just like, "We need that guy that can go get a bucket." And Dan was what it was like every other game, he'd either drop a goose egg or twenty. But the the last few, he's been steadily putting in double digits for the last three or four games. So, uh, yeah, that that might be a, a good reason why we're actually in these compared to pre-conference when, man, that was – some of those games were rough the first half. Yeah, I mean, and this is one of those other things too. Like you talk about, Dan, you talk about some of these guys contributing. Just having these guys kind of all play up to speed, I know that there's been a few issues here and there. Like Vic was going real hard for a while, and then it just seems like he kind of – Dropped off the face Vic of the earth. still has to be sick. Like, he's, his last two games have been the worst I've ever seen him. I, I want yeah, him to like take his green light away. Oh, my gosh. He's like, what, 0 of 6 in the last – 0 of 4 or 5 in the last few games? Just chucking threes? Yeah, it, it's – this is one of those things that I think, again, like, you're going to look at how this game turned out. You're going to look at how everything else, you know, sort of unraveled through the past few games and throughout this Big 12 conference slate so far. And I mean, you're going to have some gripes, but ultimately there's just so many positives too that you take away from that, that I think it's as, as annoying as that can be. It's one of those things that if he hits that three, we're all going to shut up. I mean, there's some stupid stuff. There's definitely been some bad contested threes. I am one to complain just as much as anybody else, but at the same time, that's another one of those things that I think that Vic has also added to his game has not been as consistent as of late, but he has definitely added to his game that has given us another edge where it's something that you can dish it out to Vic. You can dish it out to a four or five, and you can hope that he's going to make that three. And that's a huge thing that we just did not have the past few seasons. So to be able to have that advantage, I think, is definitely huge. And I think we should still use that and abuse that. But make sure it's working out for you, too. You can't throw up goose eggs. You can't be you know missing so many shots without having something go through. Um, you know, as for <clears throat> as for the performances from Dan, from John Newman, from, you know, a lot of these different stud guys that we have on our roster, I think that this is one of those things that we look at now moving forward is how consistent can you keep these guys? I think they've, like you said, I think they've done a good job of being able to maintain that for the most part, but you're still going to have a lot of games on this schedule that are going to wear you down. Upcoming, you have Houston. You have Iowa State. You're back to UCF, who looks a lot better than anybody expected. So kudos to them. I think they've done a great job. Johnny Dawkins just got his 300th win today. They handed it to Oklahoma. And, I mean, I, I've been impressed with them so far. Oklahoma State still finding a way to win. They're not a gimme game as much as I think we want to think they are. Um, if you're looking for that break in your schedule, you're hoping that it's there. I doubt that they give you that. Uh, TCU and then Houston again. So through the rest of those games in February, you've got one, two, three, four ranked games. Um, and it's one of those things that it's still not going to get any easier. You're not going to find any breaks or any lulls and difficulty in the schedule. 
Um, you just have ones that you, you know you hope and you kind of expect that you're going to win, but it's not one of those ones that's going to be a gimme any any single day. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we can take care of those a few of those teams. But again, this is a huge one. We said you got to find a way to get a win somewhere in this two game stretch of this week. And we talked about this this week on the pod. It sucks. It really sucks that you gave up the one against West Virginia, because if you got the one against West Virginia and then you got this one today, I mean, you got a ton of energy right now, but imagine if you just put two of those together. I mean, you completely change the landscape right now of the big 12 standings. You completely change your outlook on the tournament. I think this, this win absolutely does that for you. But instead of looking at four and five, you're looking at five and four, and you got a lot of steam in your head going forward. So, you know, it's one of those things that you got to get those wins when you can. And unfortunately, it's not going to happen every night. But thankfully, tonight it did. Yeah, West, West Virginia made me want to tear my hair out those last five minutes. Um, but I think, like, th- this was definitely uh, their response, and, uh, and it was amazing. Um, the defense actually looked steady for once. Like, I don't know how many times uh, in West against West Virginia where they just did a base, basic pick and roll and Aziz was just lost. And it was an easy dunk. And this game, everyone stuck their man, stayed disciplined, and it was, it was so nice to see. Uh, my blood wasn't boiling on defense. Yeah, this was the best one through five defense we played all year. And I was sitting watching it with a, a my buddy who's like a diehard tech fan. And he's just like, you guys, if you guys play like this, like this is if you could seriously play one through five like that, it's like a sweet 16 type team. Like it's just lockdown. He was like, I can't believe Isaacs is just blanketed the entire time. I mean, it was it was tough, but something kind of fun to look forward to instead of looking back is. I mean, we've got another chance for a fucking big one. And I know Houston's put together some ass whoopings, but they've shown vulnerability just like Kansas has. And, you know, we have an entire week to game plan at home against Houston. And Houston still has another game in between that for them. So, I mean, let's see what this coaching staff's made out of. What can we scheme against Houston? They're finally not bigger than us. They don't play harder than us. We rebound just as good, if not better. Like, let's just see what Newman can do against Shed, and that's going to be the difference for me. I mean, I mean maybe Day-Day will have to be on Shed, but this is, this is another chance. I mean, back-to-back home games against probably the two best teams we play, yeah, the rest of the year. So, fuck, if we can steal one more of those. We only need five more wins, and we're in the tournament. Five out of nine the rest of the way here, and, and we should be good. So, let's yeah. get another Yeah, and I mean, that's going to be, it's definitely going to be asking a lot, but I think there is a lot of, um, you know, hope for that. And I think there's a legitimate chance that they can do that. Your your point on Houston, um, if you look at some of these sort of transitive wins, some of the uh, just comparative games that we've had, um, you know, Houston had a really close one with Texas Tech, ended up winning that. I think that was, or sorry, Houston blitzed Texas Tech. We had a close one with uh, Texas Tech, but Cincinnati also had a very close one with Kansas. Kansas, of course, got over uh, Houston today. So it's one of those things that you never really know how to compare into these teams because I think it's everybody's against everybody. But all I know, you kind of cut out there, but all I know is we haven't lost a single game by more than five points all fucking year. So I'll I'll take it. We're, We're capable of hanging with anybody. Can we play consistently on both sides for the game? That's what happens. Let's go. Let's go, Matt. Hey, hey, I was patient. Uh, I, I, I joined, but I guess it was a delay. Then when I asked to speak, the total conversation changed. So I don't know where we're at here. 
Uh, but I was going to say this transitive stuff really doesn't make sense in the Big 12, as you kind of alluded to. Not I. You could lose to anybody. You could beat anybody. I've never seen a, a conference like this in my entire life. I guess we're, we're so used to seeing such a top-heavy league with, you know, the, the Houston, uh, the Memphis, the SMU at times, you know, here and there. We're not used to seeing the bottom-tier teams also be just as competitive. So this is insane, and I will say this is for the first time I threw something in excitement instead of anger the last few weeks. So I was – my kids were like, what the heck's wrong? I mean, nothing's wrong. I'm actually happy this time. So it was, it was nice to get that off our back. I felt like if we lost this one, it was just going to turn into a steamroll, kind of a snowball effect. So this, this was a huge win. I hope that, like, if West Virginia was a low point and today was a turning point where things finally click, hopefully they start falling our way. Because how often did you see – Dan, uh, well, John and Dan bring it every game, but how often do you see CMOS playing well along with them? I, I feel like it's it's usually one or the other. Like, you don't get CMOS every game, and for them all, them three Whoa. to click. I mean, that is the CMOS we recruited, though. That's what this guy did for fucking, what the, not Creighton. Where the hell did he come from? Butler. Butler. Like, like that's what he did for them consistently. And on the road, bro, he tore Xavier's ass up every year, like, this is the type of player that we thought we were getting, and he just finally showed up, and in a big moment. I think you know he's played good enough at home, but he was like we looked. It was like four for thirty on the road with threes. Like it was just dire. I mean, we finally saw him play to the potential he could. He didn't play. He had great defense. I mean, we the thing that was most impressive to me is we're so much bigger than a lot of these teams. And we don't always take advantage of it. And we, we had eight blocks to their zero. I mean, it, when it was Dan on the perimeter, it was Aziz. It was everybody. It, was, it just felt so good top to bottom. That's kind of what I've been thinking throughout most of this, is that the guys that we've been going up against are small teams. You have the ability to kind of go in and just kind of bully ball them like Houston used to do to us. Um and onto the onto the Houston game, it's even last year where we kind of stuck with them. I think it was at Houston, or was it when they were here? I can't remember which. Yeah, that was at okay. Houston. Yeah, um, this is the first time that I think because the first that first half was just good basketball that looked like the setup for what this year was going to be, and then we added the town on top of that. This year, especially with the the depth of rotation that we have, gives me hope that in that second half, that as we start to get tired, as we work through fouls, that we have an actual shot. And on top of that, I think that our our quote-unquote gimme games have changed in how they function, as opposed to where you're playing, you know, East Carolina, which should be a gimme game, and, you know, you can show up and shoot 25% and still win you know now your gimme game you can make or you can miss one or two shots more or you can turn over the ball one time as opposed to the games where you've got to be perfect um because the 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 best the worst team in this conference is the best team in anywhere else so yeah west virginia is your gimme game in this conference and we saw what happened yeah and i mean Sorry, guys. My audio totally dropped out, so I don't know if I was just talking over people, but I couldn't hear anything. I was getting called, so um, sorry about that. But, yeah, no, I think West Virginia is definitely one of those ones that you look to as a gimme game, and that's the thing that scares me about Oklahoma State. 
is because you'd hope that that's your gimme game. But then, you know, Oklahoma State's also still not going to be a slouch. Definitely not a great team right now. Definitely not playing at the expectation that they have for themselves. But Oklahoma's sitting at 10 and 12, and they just beat Kansas State today. Like, And I think Kansas State, unfortunately, has kind of fallen off since uh, Tang decided to complain about the Iowa State cheating. I don't know what's going on there. But um, overall, I think that it's just not really uh, – you can't expect a break. And I think that if if we expect a break, that's fine. I'm just hoping that the Bearcats are not looking at that by any means and expecting that they're going to have a game that they can overlook because uh, clearly those will get the better of you in this conference. Well, as, as time goes on, though, and, and I will say this, that these bottom-tier teams have nothing to lose. So they're going to match up against us and Texas Tech and all these other teams. It doesn't matter. They don't have any pressure, right? So all the ones that are, are fighting for these playoff or, I'm sorry, uh, tournament bids, the pressure's on us. The pressure's on Texas Tech. The pressure's on you know Oklahoma. It's not on Oklahoma State. They have nothing to lose. So you're always going to get the best shot from these guys now, which makes them even more dangerous than they should be. One thing that kind of like befuddles me about this team is you're looking at, I was checking the scores and I saw, oh, UCF won, now they're four and five. Like, no way we can be below them. But you look at the schedules and everyone's winning their home games except us. And that, that kind of bothers me. Um, yeah. Uh, like, because looking at us versus UCF, we're a better team. But and you look at the records, like, wait, our records are the same. Oh, they want, they're winning their home games. We're throwing the home games and we're, we're grabbing the hard ones away, which I guess looks better, but you need to take these easy home, not easy, but you need to take these capitalize on the home court advantage. But yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a huge thing too, because you, you make a very good point there. I think when you look at wins at the end of the season, of course, you're going to look for those away wins. Um, you know, I think those always net out to end up being better, but Protecting home is very much a thing that they consider. Um, and and you got to be able to play your best in front of your home crowd, too. I mean, it's all fun and games until, you know, you start stringing together some wins on the road and then you come back and you've got a hangover game, um, you know, and your hangover game, of unfortunately, after, you know, playing a very, very tough game like this, you're going to have to go and play Houston. However, the nice part about this is, if I'm correct, we have a whole week off until that. Yeah. We play them next Saturday. So, you know, very good on scheduling for the Bearcats to have a break like that. But then you go directly from Houston to Iowa State just after that game. Granted, we stay at home, but you have two teams that are at the top of this conference. You have two teams that are very, very good and have the depth, are very well-rounded. And you got to play both of those back-to-back. I'd argue that this might be the hardest stretch of your schedule. If you're looking at a two-game stretch, I know that Kansas-Oklahoma one felt pretty tough. I really feel like this Houston-Iowa State one is going to be the hardest stretch in your entire schedule. So if you can find a way to just, again, like we said this week, just split it and find a win between one of those two, it's really going to help out your resume. But if you can protect home, I mean, bring the house down. This is one thing, too, that I wanted to add. I don't know if anybody said this while my audio was cut out, but I wanted to add this. I saw the stat somewhere that Texas Tech was – like, what was it? Like forty something games in O when they're leading at the half games. or tied. What was it? Forty five. Forty five. That I mean, that's an insane thing to know. When you put into context, the Bearcats just beat them. So another huge thing to steal another game like that against a team that is very, very good, well rounded. Steve, welcome back. Thank you for getting us. 
Hi, friends. Yeah, sorry to join late here, but just a couple thoughts real quick. Um, I, I do think that, you know, making <laughs> making all your free throws and making more than 30% of your threes will do a lot for you. Um, so I, definitely helpful to do that. Um, another, another big thing is uh, Aziz played, like, a really great game tonight. And I just listened to West Miller's postgame. Um, and he talked about how they felt like they got a better job rotating him in and out. And, of course, like Victor – was not as effective tonight, but they were able to give Aziz minutes when he needed them, and he was a lot more productive down the stretch when he had those extra minutes. And one additional thing, um, Wes said that Jizzle is coming, and I, I, my twelve-year-old brain laughed at that. So there you go. <laughs> That's a that is definitely a line. Well, unless anybody else has anything to say uh, to round us out here, I'm going to finish this off uh, in light of Jizzle coming. So. Guys, fantastic win here on the road. Again, 75-72. Bearcats could not be happier coming out of that one. You got some big games coming up at home against Houston and Iowa State. See if you can find a win in there. Hopefully you can. It's going to be tough, but again, it's just going to add to that resume and push you that little bit closer, move that needle towards the tournament, which is what we're all waiting for, all hoping for. So all good vibes around here. Hopefully all goes well. Again, if you're not already, make sure to check us out. We are the Viva La Cats podcast. We do weekly episodes. We do post-game spaces as we're doing now. If you're listening live or later, thank you for joining us. And do remember that we are part of the 1012 network. Always going to push those guys. Super, super happy to be part of that. And thank you to our sponsors, Charlie Hustle, as well, for providing some great merch. Still waiting on the Cincinnati stuff. So thank you guys so much. Take care. Go Bearcats. Cats by a billion. Have a good night. Go Bearcats. Sports Social Podcast Network.